I'm gonna share with you guys the top 10 business lessons I learned from drug dealers and pimps. If you internalize these lessons, you'll be able to apply them to your legal businesses, be able to make more money with whatever endeavors that you are involved in right now. Yo, what up, what up? It's your man, Brandon Carter, and you are listening to the Victory Talk Podcast. This is the podcast where we show you how to build your money, muscle, and mindset. I give you the lessons that I learned over my career building several multi-seven-figure businesses, and every once in a while, I bring in my successful multi-millionaire friends to teach you their lessons as well. No matter what podcast platform you're tuning into, make sure you follow us there because we are dropping new content every day that's going to help you succeed. Now, let's get into today's episode. A lot of you guys know I'm from the south side of Chicago, real rough area. When I went to college, I went to college in another rough area. I went to college in D.C., got mixed up with some different kind of people. I've had an eclectic past, and a lot of the people who I've dealt with in the past were scoundrels, criminals, drug dealers, and pimps. I want to share with you guys the top 10 business lessons I learned from drug dealers and pimps. If you internalize these lessons, you'll be able to apply them to your legal businesses, be able to make more money with whatever endeavors that you are involved in right now. Number one, I had an OG back in the day and he was involved in some stuff. I don't want to get on it, but we worked together. One day he was talking to me and a few of his other minions. He was like, yo, listen, what y'all going to do if I get arrested or I go to jail? And then we kind of just looked at each other like, I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. And then he looked at us kind of crazy. And he said, you're going to figure it out, motherfucker. You're going to survive. I remember that no matter what happens, you got to figure it out and survive. He did end up going to prison. Still there now. We figured it out. I, I felt like he knew that that was going to happen, that he knew the writing was on the wall. What we were able to do was we was able to keep our thing going at the time. And, you know, we, we figured it out. And how do I apply that to my life? So when I got into the official business world, the legit business world, I noticed that a lot of things happened, you know, when the, I don't know if I can say it on 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 YouTube, when China came out with that new shit, the, the, the C-19, everybody was kind of bitching and moaning about what's happening. It was crying. I saw people crying because, you know, the shutdowns and the lockdowns and everything, and people were protesting and crying. <laughs> I had a friend who stormed the Capitol, fucking dummy. People were just bitching and moaning about it, but I didn't complain at all. I just remembered, you know, listen, we're going to figure it out and we survive. I just focused on making sure that my business stayed afloat. I, I made a promise to myself that I was not going to lay off any employees. I had 25 employees at that time. I was like, nope, we're going to figure it out. I didn't pay myself during that time, but I made sure I paid my employees, made sure I didn't, I didn't fire them. I had a nanny at the time for my son. She was staying at home because... We were in New York and it was kind of crazy. I said, listen, you just stay at home. Don't worry about it. Take care of your family. We're still going to pay you. I wasn't making no videos. So my video editor, he didn't have no work. I was like, listen, don't worry. We're going to still pay you. I also want to make sure my customers were able to make money during that time. We figured it out. We didn't complain about it. We didn't cry. We just figured it out. And that's a real G move because a lot of things are going to happen to you in life. A lot of things are going to happen that are outside of your control. People are going to behave different. There's going to be circumstances outside of your control that you can't account for sometimes. You got to be able to just not cry, not bitch, not complain. You just try to win under any circumstances. The election was happening. I didn't give a fuck who won. I had preference, but I was like, no matter what happens, I'm going to try to find a way to win under those circumstances. No matter which way the election went, I was like, listen, we're going to find a way to win. So I didn't get all emotionally wrapped up in it. That's a real key. Figure it out no matter what. Always find a way to win. Lesson number two, 
There was another mentor of mine back in the day. His name was Selmo. That's not his real name. And I was at Selmo's crib because we were working on something and he opened this big safe and he had a few hundred thousand dollars in it. Mind you, he was in the hood. I was like, yo, why, why you got this safe there? He's like, well, listen, I, I can't put this in the bank, but I, you know, I got this safe and this shit is fireproof and it was bolted into the ground. So something happens, this whole fucking place burns down. All that money is safe. I remember Selmo said that. Then right after that, my cousin, Chicago G, rest in peace. I can say his name because he's gone now. You can't arrest a dead guy. He was he was hustling and his house got robbed by some other gangsters. And he had a few hundred thousand dollars. He couldn't tell the police, right? You know what I'm saying? He couldn't do anything, you know? He didn't have the safe like Selmo had. And I was like, mmm. Mmm. Cause initially I felt like it was over the top to have this big safe bolted to the ground. I was like, yo, man, if somebody come in, you'll be all right, man. That shit ain't gonna happen. Then it happened to G. So what that taught me was to be overprepared. I call it offensive pessimism. Basically, I think about everything that could go wrong in business or in life, and I prepare for that situation. So I'm like overly prepared for any situation. This way, when something happens, one of these unforeseen circumstances that we're talking about, it's like you can handle it or you can be safer. It makes me feel more secure. For example, I always keep six months of expenses safe and my expenses are high. So that's a lot of money. A lot of people will tell you, Hey man, you know, you can't have, you can't keep money in the, in the savings account. You're going to lose money because of inflation and you're blah, blah, blah. And they're right. However, I know that some shit may happen. So I'm always prepared to take care of myself, my family, my son, even my employees, if shit goes down. So like we said, when C-19 came through and the whole fucking world got shut down for a few months, I didn't pay myself, but I made sure I didn't lay anybody off. These motherfuckers was laying people off and shit. And I was looking at them like, ha, I'm a better entrepreneur than you. But I was able to do that because I had six months of savings. All right, so I didn't have to like change my lifestyle or nothing. I was like, all right, cool. I, I, I was prepared for that. You wanna be over-prepared is what I'm trying to say. Right? And that's what I learned from the homie Selmo with his safe with like $300,000 stashed in it. Now, the third lesson I learned from drug dealers and pimps, this comes from a pimp named Saucy. So Saucy, he's he's also dead, R.I.P. Saucy. Saucy had, what's the word, hoes. He was like a real pimp, not like a rapper. Oh, I'm out here pimping. No, 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 like these, these women were having sex for money and he was in charge of them. Saucy would always take the girls like shopping and make sure they was fly, they had a bunch of shit. And I, I talked to Saucy about that once and he said something to the effect of, hey, look here, man, I gotta keep the employees happy. And I always remembered that. Saucy had hoes, like he really had hoes. And they was like loyal to him and they was, they was, they was hard workers. How do you apply that to the business world? Now that I have employees, I always try to try to make sure I treat my employees as good as possible. So for example, we had a record year, the year before last, it was like our record year. I mean, we since beat it, but it was, it was a big year. A bunch of my employees, I bought them Rolexes. Just a little token of my appreciation. That was like money out of my own pocket. What, what happened was, man, the next year we made even more money. It seemed like, you know, they was more, you know, down to work hard and really work with us because I always, made an effort to treat people fairly and to go out of my way for my employees. Or when C-19 went through, I made sure we're not firing nobody, we're not laying off nobody. Even if we don't need them, we're going to keep paying them until this is over. And we were able to do that and it worked out really well for us. Now most of those employees are still with us and they're all making more money than they did before and the whole company's making more money than they did before. 
The real lesson is to just take care of the people that work for you. Learn that from Saucy to Pimp. Number four, there was this guy and, you know, he was from Chicago and, you know, them Chicago guys are many crazy. He had beef with this other dude. We're going to call this other dude Reggie. The Chicago guy had beef with Reggie, like serious beef, not like Internet beef, making videos about each other. No, I mean, it was like. It was serious, you know, Chicago beef. Reggie was talking real crazy, acting real crazy. So what the Chicago guy did was he got this girl that he knew. She was like really beautiful. He got her to follow Reggie on, on Instagram. They start DMing each other. And then she, they set up a date. Supposed to meet somewhere. Cool. Reggie think he about to get some ass. No. Reggie shows up. Girl's not there. He not going to get some ass. He going to get his ass whipped. This is what I've heard. This is legend has it. Reggie got fucked up. The lesson from that is you can't think with your dick. Bitches will fuck your whole shit up if you let them. That's the lesson. You really got to be focused. You can't let women distract you when you're trying to get money. And I know a lot of guys who spent a lot of money on divorce in like the real business world. These guys were multimillionaires, but they got divorced and then they like lo lose half their money. And some of them like never recovered. Women will ruin everything if you let them. That's how the Bible starts. Reggie, he wasn't a man of faith. I know that. So he obviously didn't read the book of Genesis when the shorty messed up the whole shit for Adam. Now we all got to wear clothes. Same thing happened to Reggie. He was thinking with his dick instead of keeping his mind on the prize, staying focused. Had he stayed focused, man, he still he might still be around today. You know what I'm saying? But he got distracted, man. So that's the lesson, right? Stay focused on your grind. Now, if you do get a woman, though, who's down for you, who's supportive, who supports you in your drive, she's an advantage. If you let your mind wander, run around here chasing hoes, chasing women, even if you don't got beef in these streets, they can distract you from that, from the main goal. I know a lot of guys who would be a lot more wealthier if they weren't chasing women all the time. That's basically the lesson. Number five, I was talking to this guy and he was a big time dope dealer in, in Brooklyn. Nothing good happens in Brooklyn. You should be aware of that. It's one of the worst places on earth, in my opinion. I was talking to him about one of my boys who had, he got sent to prison, right? He's my boy SV, he's in prison for a double, double homicide. When I was talking to him, the Brooklyn guy casually said, man, why ain't he killed a witness? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, but he said it so casual, like that's what you're supposed to do. You know, Brooklyn motherfuckers, right? And what I learned was from that is, there are some people who are out here really willing to do what you're not willing to do. They're really willing to go to a place where you're not willing to go. And how that translates into the official business world is sometimes you got to like not compare yourself to other people. What I, I never try to say that I'm going to be the biggest YouTuber. I'm going to be the best at this business. or I'm going to be the best in the world. I just want to be the best I can be because there are people who are willing to do stuff that I'm not willing to do. For example, an easy way to get big on YouTube is to just talk shit about other people on YouTube. But at what cost? Or there's people who don't care about their families or would like neglect their their children or would neglect their health to get ahead of you. And I don't think I'm going to beat them people. But the beauty of it is it's not a zero sum game, meaning I don't have to beat them to hit my goals. I'm going to hit my goals no matter what, but I don't have to worry about being better than anyone else to hit my goals. Am I making sense here? Right, because there's some people who are really willing to do shit that you're not willing to do. Sometimes we're talking about ethical stuff or morality. They may not have morals, they may not have ethics. They may be willing to sacrifice anything that I would consider ethical 
in order to advance and, and I'm not. Those people will beat me, at least in the short term. You get what I'm saying? Or, you know, for me, I got to spend a lot of time with my son frequently, but it's some people who are like, fuck it, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how many kids I got. I'm just trying to hit my goals. So when you look at other people accomplishing things, sometimes we have a tendency to look at them and, and think, man, you know, and, and, and feel bad about where we are in relation to them. But you got to remember, man, that, you know, it's not a zero sum game, right? Wait, what they What they eat don't make you shit. You know what I'm saying? You'll be good no matter what. You just focus on hitting your goals irrespective of what other people are doing. Lesson number six. Show you how I learned this lesson. This is a rapper from Brooklyn. Name is Troy Av. I knew Troy back in New York. And some of his old mixtapes, like I, I produced beats on, on some of his mixtapes in the past. I have some credits on the Bricks in My Backpack mixtapes. And my cousin G was really close with with Troy and his uh his cousin Banger and Banger was this was Troy's cousin slash bodyguard and we spent some time together and there was one night in particular in 2016 where Troy was opening up for TI at a club he invited G and G was like yo Brandon yo come come through man Troy performing we got to go to show love some told me nah <laughs> nah one because you know G was always and around that time, G was always getting in some trouble. He was always getting arrested or shot or something. And then him and Troy together, I just felt like it didn't feel like the right crowd for me. That night, there's different accounts of how it went down. But Troy got into an altercation with a dude. The dude put out a gun and shot Troy's bodyguard, Banger, dead. And kind of what I learned from that was you really got to watch who you around. You know, you're going to be, uh, you can be involved in that. Because had I been there, had I been there that night, I'd have been involved, right? I'm not going to just let you shoot the niggas I'm with like it's all good, right? You know, I, I'd have been in the shootout. I'm glad I wasn't. Rest in peace to Banger, man. He was a good dude. I'm just sorry that happened to every, everyone involved, right? But what I learned from that was, listen, you got to watch who you're around and what they're involved in. Cause I knew Troy was in some beef. I know G was always into some trouble. So how does that relate to the, to the business world? So maybe a year or two ago, everybody's making money off these MFTs. And you know, I got a million Instagram followers, close to a million on here. I got a 1.5 million Facebook fans and big email lists. You know, I, I got it popping out here and people was approaching me every day. Yo man, let's support my NFT project. We'll make some money like this or let's do, let's do some NFT, do it blah, 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 NFT, NFT, NFT. Everybody was talking about it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> something about this don't feel right to me. It was like the same feeling. I didn't understand it, but I didn't just brush it off. I really researched it as much as I po as possible. And I still walked away feeling like this shit looks like a scam. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that the blockchain doesn't have utility. And I'm not even saying I'm right. I'm saying it looks like a scam to me. And I didn't want to be involved in that or associated with it. So I didn't support nobody's NFT projects. So I was I didn't come out with my own NFT. People was offering me money, throwing, throwing bags at me. And I turned them down. Now, when we look at the NFT market, it's down over 90% from the highs. People bought it at the highs and now they just lost money. It definitely panned out the way I thought it would pan out. <laughs> Can you imagine if I convinced all y'all to buy NFTs and I made a bunch of money and y'all was just bag holders? Like y'all wouldn't like trust me no more. Or if I was promoting FTX, telling you guys, man, to give a hug with FTX, you know? And, and now look at it, right? So you really got to watch who you're involved and what you're involved with because you can get wrapped up in that shit.
And that's what I learned from uh, Troy shooting up the club. All right, guys. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far and you're getting lots of value from it. On the Victory Talk podcast, our goal is to help you guys make money, build muscle, and improve your mindset with brand new episodes every day. And we're not trying to sell you a bunch of stuff. There's no sponsors like these other guys. They're trying to sell underwear on their podcast, some fucking bullshit that someone paid them to do. I ain't doing none of that. So if you found value in this at all, man, please write a review because it's really going to help us put out more content, help more people make more money, build their muscle and improve their mindset. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Lesson number seven. This one I learned from, we're gonna call it Kyle. Kyle was a dope dealer. And there was this kid who always was coming up to him, trying to work for him, but he was like real hungry, real hungry. But he wasn't like hungry, like I wanna work with you. He was like thirsty, right? It was weird, he had a weird energy about him and Kyle kept kind of blowing him off. But then Kyle had a bunch of fucking dope he needed to move. So what did Kyle do? He said, all right, so this kid, I'm gonna put him to work. He fronted him a bunch of dope, right? And he was supposed to sell it and then bring you know, it back to, to Kyle and then, you know, that works. Guess what happens? The kid says he got robbed. And maybe he did, but I don't know. He says he got robbed, right? Man, maybe he did or maybe not. Now, Kyle, Kyle needs that money. He still needs that money or that dope, right? So Kyle had to go through some extreme lengths to get that money back. Right, I'll just put it like that, you know, and he didn't get it. It was a bad situation for everyone involved especially the people who got fucking tied up and pistol whipped. <laughs> Allegedly, this is what I hear. What I learned from that situation was, yo, man, do not do business with desperate people. Because a motherfucker who's desperate may do fucking anything. He may not have no morals. He may not have no integrity. He'll do anything to come up, right? You got to deal with people based off like their reputation and people who, who you can trust. And if you're going to trust someone, first trust them with something small. See how they behave. And then once they've earned your trust, then you can trust them with bigger things. But Kyle went and just gave this dude fucking mad dope without, without vetting him appropriately. But he was too thirsty. He was desperate. And people who are desperate, typically they end up in those situations because of their behavior in the past. Like we're all living the results of our actions in the past. Right, we're all living the results of our past. So if a motherfucker ends up in a desperate situation, it's probably because he acted a certain way in the past and now he's living the results of it. So you don't want to do business with motherfuckers who are desperate because they're probably desperate for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Number eight, none of the people in this story are drug dealers or pimps, but it's an interesting story. So my dad, because y'all know my dad, you know, uh, we grew up poor, but when I went to, I got sent away to military school. By the time I graduated from military school, he was making $3 million a year adjusted for inflation. That's $8 million. Now he later lost it by the time I graduated from college. So I didn't experience any of it, but I did hear about this story. One of his colleagues got sent to prison, the homie Al, and he did a bid. He didn't snitch on nobody. He did his bid like a man, came out of prison. My dad was waiting for him. My dad was in a brand new Cadillac. This was like at the height of my dad's you know, balling. Picked him up in the Cadillac. He said, yo, Al, what up, man? What's going on? He, he's happy to see him. I was like, man, it's a real nice car. My dad's like, yeah, you like it? He said, yeah. He said, it's yours. He's like, what? It's yours. Even my dad got him, picked him up from prison and got him a, a Cadillac. And he took care of Al, right? Because Al was his man's. Al eventually gets a job. He's a accounting teacher at Howard University School of Business. That's where I went to college. My GPA was only 3.5. So Howard let me in 
with, with a 3.5, but they didn't want to let me in the school of business. It's really hard to get into Howard University School of Business. My SAT scores were super high, but my GPA 3.5 kind of didn't cut it to get in the Howard School of Business. They said, you can go to Howard School and maybe transfer if your grades are good. But because Al and my dad had that relationship, Al was able to pull some strings, talk to some people. Next thing you know, I'm in Howard School to be. And it's a hard school to get into. Like I got accepted to DePaul School of Business. I got, to, I got accepted to Michigan State, like a bunch of good schools. But Howard was like, nah, you ain't good enough. It's a good school like that. And Al looked out for me because him and my dad had been looking out for each other for years. And the moral of that story is, yo, man, you really got to take care of the people who take care of you, people who got your back. How that works in the real world, I got some friends maybe we do business with or maybe they just have businesses. Anytime I need some help, anytime I need some advice, I can lean on them. Right, I can ask them for help, but I try to never ask for it. But I'm always down to help them, what I call the reciprocity bank. And I'm always trying to do way more for my friends and colleagues than I asked them for. This way, if I ever need it, I built up this big reservoir of reciprocity, but I always wanna be making deposits. I wanna withdraw as little as possible. So I'm always trying to give way more than I get to everybody. And this way, when I do need something, they're excited to help me out because I've helped them out so much. My dad took care of Al's family while he was, while he was away. While he was in prison, my dad was taking care of his family. When he got out of, out of prison, my dad would pay for him and his family to go on vacations and do shit. You know, he, he really took care of Al. So Al looked out for me, which was really looking out for my dad because he didn't really know me like that. So all my business relationships, I always try to give more than I can get. I'm always looking for ways to actually help out people who I do business with, help them get deals, help them make some money, putting people together so they can make money together, introducing the people, whatever I can do. And hopefully I never need it, but if I do, I got a long list of people who would be excited to help me out. Number nine, the same guy, Kyle, was a big time dope dealer and he had some good dope. How do we know this? Cause he fucking sold it to this one kid and this kid overdosed and died. It's a weird thing about junkies. When a motherfucker overdoses off some shit, the junkies want that shit. So Kyle had a huge demand and Kyle didn't want to step on it too much because he had that shit and people was excited and he was getting it for a good deal. But junkies kept dying. It was a big dip in business because the junkies kept dying. Here's how that relates to <laughs> the real business. Your customers, you got to take care of them. You got to really make sure that your customers are, are, are getting the best thing for, for them. How, how did I use that was, you know, when I had my business, High ticket trainer where I teach trainers how to build their online fitness business. Man, we go out of our way to make sure that these guys succeed. I'm always kind of adding stuff to the program, making it better and making it. It started off with just me doing a live call once a week. I still do that. But now we have four different live calls a week, like, you know, on different subjects. So anytime our students need help, they can get it. We also assign each student their own one on one coach, someone that they can work with directly one on one to make sure that they succeed. And then we have 24 hour support. If they have any questions, if they're stuck on anything, I have a whole team of people to answer their questions and make sure that they, you know, can resolve the problem so they can get back to making money. Because if they make money, two things happen. One, we get a good testimonial from them, right? And then we can use that in our advertisements and we can use that to, to get more clients. Also, we get referrals from them, tons of referrals from people and they just stay with us longer. So we make more money, right? Everybody wins. So you really gotta take care of your customers or whatever you're selling to make sure that they succeed 
One, so they keep paying you and they're happy to. They happily keep paying you. And you can use them as testimonials so they'll bring more people in so they can spread the word for you. Word of mouth marketing is the most powerful. Number 10, again, one of my old OGs, Selmo. When I first started working with him, I was just like one of the minions, you know, ground level. Selmo was like a real G in the streets back in DC. And anytime Selmo hit me, whatever he needed, it didn't matter when it was, I'd be like, yo, I'm on it, right? I need you to take this here. I need you to do this. I need you to go here. I would always be like, yeah, no matter what, skip school, whatever. I left the date, yo, listen, I gotta go. Anytime Selmo hit me up, I would put in that work. Selmo trusted me more and I became the go-to guy and I was able to rise through the ranks a lot quicker. Not only did, did I get more work and make more money, I learned way more from Selmo, which is what I really wanted. I didn't want to be a worker forever. What I noticed was that work ethic was uncommon. Most people are trying to see how much they can get away with or how little they can do. I was trying to see how much I can do. I was like, yo, anything else you need, man? Yo, what else, what else? You know, people don't have that. But if you approach life with that, you'll stand out way above everyone else. It's easy to win when you have that attitude, when you're going all out and you're willing to outwork everyone. I took that to every job I had. When I was working four jobs, when I worked for the moving company, I would tell myself, man, I'm going to be the hardest worker on this job today. I'm going to try my best to be the hardest worker. And it became fun. What people don't understand is when you're lazy, you actually do yourself a disservice because you make the job more boring. But if you're going hard, even if it's a menial task, if you, you can create a game out, how fast can I work? It becomes more fun. But then people start to see you working and then you get more opportunities. And then if you do that in your own business, your customers will see that and they'll be more happy to work with you. They're, they're going to get better results. You just make more money. It'll be way easier to grow your business under those circumstances. For example, my girl's starting a business right now. She had to get some sort of insurance stuff. Right. And she got some referrals from this insurance company. But this person was like not hitting her back. He took like two days to hit her back or something. She paid more for an insurance company that she found twice as much. But these people hit her back right away, like within like minutes, you know what I'm saying, of her uh, first hitting them up. And she was like, oh, that's the kind of people I want to work with. She actually paid more for the same thing because she got better service. And I saw that again in my business. I was working with a CRM, with an email, a email CRM. And it was this one I worked with, it was called AWeber. It was, it was really good at the time. But then other businesses came out, competitors came out with better features and stuff. But I stuck with Aweber all, always. And we, we recently moved, that wasn't my choice. That was someone on my team. But why I was in charge of that part of the business, I stayed with Aweber the whole time. Why? Because every time I called, a fucking human picked up from America <laughs> and answered my question. And they helped me right on the spot. It was the best customer service experience I ever had with any company. And I stuck with them for years and paid them thousands and thousands of dollars over the years. And I wouldn't leave even when other people were better and cheaper. Just because of that customer service, I didn't want to leave. It just goes to show if you go all out, it's real easy to win. If you apply these lessons that I learned from drug dealers and pimps to your life and business, I know for a fact that you're going to see better results in your life and in your business. Make sure you implement those. And if you click somewhere around here, I'll have other videos that help you build your business as well. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, thank you for listening to this all the way to the end. And in case you're looking for more free content and more free stuff that'll help you 
make money, build your muscle and your mindset, join our free Victory Unit Discord channel. It's 100% free. And I have free courses in there that you can download right now, today, 100% free. And we're putting new courses in there all the time. We're in there answering your questions. There's a group of people who are super serious about obtaining elite level success. And if that's you, go ahead and join the Discord. But don't join, you know, if you want to be average or mediocre. That's not the place for you. You won't find anything for you there. Right? If you want to be a regular guy who does regular shit until you die, that's cool. I'm sure you got redeeming qualities. The Victory Unit Discord, you won't find a lot of value for you. Now, if you're a guy who's hell bent on success and will not allow anything to stop him from accomplishing his goals, you fucking need to join the Victory Unit Discord. You need to stop whatever you're doing, whatever it is. It's not more important than joining the Victory Unit Discord right now. I don't care if you're holding a baby, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're at work, put the baby down. Walk out of that meeting, join the Victory Unit Discord right now, right? It's the most important thing you'll do if you're serious about success. In the case you're into video podcasts, you can find and watch this episode on my YouTube channel as well, all right? Holla at y'all. Peace.